C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Hello and welcome back to Kick It Naturally. This is T.C. Hale. This is episode 401, which is about 390 episodes more than I thought we were going to do. How are you guys doing? I am doing jazzy myself, thanks for asking. So today, we're going to talk about some motility disorders. And, you know, it's kind of incredible, uh, the amount of bad information that's out there, uh, just about motility disorders. And, and whether a person's stool is moving too quickly, or, or, or you hear them saying things like, hey, I had my monthly bowel movement today, you know, in either direction, it's clear that the medical world is not giving out a whole bunch of hope on either front and... Uh, people are really getting confused and, you know, they talk about, uh, most people want to talk about slow motility. That's what I hear about the most. But you also have people with uh, what they call fast motility. And that's when they say there's usually that there's a motility dysfunction. It's all, it's out of control. It's going too fast. What are you talking about? And peristalsis is the moving of food through the system. So we hear a lot about impaired peristalsis or a sluggish stool and you know, lazy bowel syndrome and slow transit constipation and intestinal dysmotility and all these fancy words. And you also hear about things like gastroparesis, which is kind of when the stomach is slow at emptying food like it normally should. And I've done an episode before on gastroparesis with my friend Crystal Sykes. So if you're having issues with that, and I'll talk about that for a little bit uh, a little bit later in this episode too, but you can go to Kick It Naturally and just search for gastroparesis and you'll find that episode where we dig a lot deeper into that specific issue. But today we're going to talk more about the motility. And you know, when you look up, hey, why is my motility all broken? And you just see things like, you know, it's that is controlled by parasympathetic and sympathetic nerves. And when you hear from people that are told they have some type of motility issue, they're always under the impression that these were just the cards that they were dealt. And, and they have no idea that they can actually be corrected in, in most cases. And, you know, so I looked this up and I want to look up intestinal dysmotility. And this, the definition that I found was gastric and bowel motility is controlled by parasympathetic and sympathetic nerves that stimulate or inhibit the enteric neurons of the gut, which are organized as ganglionated plexuses and innervative the sm smooth muscles of the GI tract. So when somebody reads that, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense for what I have, except that doesn't make sense at all. So people are just coming to me very confused and feeling like, you know, is this something that my mom gave me? You know, my mom was constipated, so I just inherited this broken functionality from my mom or, you know, whatever the case may be. And when they leave their doctor or, you know, WebMD or wherever they're looking things up, they might just kind of think, oh, well, my parasympathetic nerves are broken. So that's just how it goes. They're not told that the actions that trigger those systems to do their job may not be operating correctly. So when you look up what's going wrong with these motility issues, you often find things that are right. You know, they're talking about uh, how the system is not moving the food through at the correct pace and that there are, you know, nerves and other things that are responsible for triggering these actions to happen. All that stuff is true, but what they don't explain or don't understand is that there are other actions that trigger those things to do their jobs. 
And when they're not doing their job correctly, or maybe they're doing their job overly effectively, there's always a reason. There's always something triggering that to happen. And in most cases, it's something that you can correct. Once you can understand what it is, you can take steps to correct that problem. And that's what we're kind of look over today. So focusing more on the, the slow motility side of things and someone who might be dealing with much, uh, more constipation issues and the stool moving really slow and you know not having a bowel movement every day and all those kind of things. Most of what the, the medical world recommends is like is fiber and uh, enemas, you know, so either, you know, just take something that's going to push everything through, which doesn't work because you can't push a ping pong ball through a metal pipe. It's just not going to do it. Um, or they want you to just put a hose up there and squirt it all out. I, mean, I don't know. But you know, that's how a lot of people that come to me will be like, well, that's kind of how I poop is I go and get an enema. That's kind of my that's my way to have a bowel movement. And if I don't do that, I pretty much don't go. And then when things are moving too fast, they might say, well, maybe you need an IV uh, for nutrition in, in case you're having malabsorption issues. And that's pretty much the only advice that you're going to find uh, that's pretty consistent. You know, there's other things that some people suggest and there might be medications and such, but, you know, fiber and enemas, there you go. That's your fix your slow motility. And for the most part, these things don't work for, for most people. And, you know, there can be more advanced issues. You know, it could be like some type of intestinal blockage or, or some type of structural issue. And I talk about some of those in, in our episode about intestinal blockages and constipation. You could find that at kickitnaturally.com forward slash episode 392. Or you can just search for blockage on kickitnaturally.com in the search box and you'll, you'll probably find it that way too. But let's cut to the chase and let's talk about the actual underlying causes for most of these issues. And we'll kind of touch on the most common because there's a variety of things that can create these issues. And for a lot of people, it's a combination of more than just one thing. So what the medical world doesn't seem to understand is that our stool moves at a rate according to its acidity level. And what that means is if, a, if the stool, which is basically the food that you ate mixed with stomach acid in the stomach and then it leaves and that mixes with uh, bile and stomach acid is very acidic and bile is very alkaline. So depending on how well both of those things are working can dictate how acidic or how alkaline your stool is. And you could also have some type of overgrowth. And uh, for a lot of bacteria, the, the waste that they put off is very alkaline, which can make that intestinal tract very alkaline and can make the stool alkaline and can cause it to slow down. So if someone isn't making enough stomach acid, and this is very common. It's very common to see people that aren't making enough stomach acid. And this kind of goes back to the whole like, gastroparesis thing that we mentioned earlier, because the stomach empties food for, you know down into the duodenum once it's properly acidified so when the food isn't getting properly acidified because the person isn't making enough stomach acid then it stays in the stomach longer it's just waiting i'm just hey waiting to get acidified here i'm supposed to go somewhere else but i got to do this first step first what what was going on and so then the medical world says oh well you're broken because your stomach doesn't empty like it should Let's give it some drugs that make it empty faster. So that's kind of the approach they take when the reality is that the stomach is doing what it's supposed to do. It's not supposed to empty until the food is acidified. So 
that kind of goes back to gastroparesis. And uh, again, there's a wide variety of issues that can cause a person not to make enough stomach acid. This is an extremely common thing. But if they're not making enough stomach acid, the food uh, is often slower to leave the stomach. And even if it is leaving stomach in a timely manner, it's not properly acidified. And it, it basically breaks down by process of rotting and fermenting, which can create some acids, but not to the level of that you would if you were making stomach acid that's supposed to break your food down. So if this food is not acidified correctly, when it leaves the stomach now, the stool is going to be more alkaline which means it's going to move at a slower pace. You know, all of these parasympathetic and sympathetics and nerves and all these things that are triggering the peristalsis and for the stool and the bolus and all this stuff to move through the intestinal tract, those things are being triggered by the acidic stool. It's the acidic stool that says, hey, it's time to get this moving. When it's not acidic enough, those nerves are not getting signaled correctly. And so the stool moves a lot slower and the medical world wants to bl blame these other functions that they're saying, oh, well, they're not working correctly. You're just broken. But the reality is that those things are working fine. They're just not getting the signal to do the job at the pace at which the person wants them to do the job. Because when you look at the other side of this, let's say that you are making enough stomach acid and when your uh, food leaves the stomach, it doesn't get neutralized by bile squirting down from the gallbladder. The bile comes down from the gallbladder when the acidic product leaves your stomach, and that bile meets with the acidic product, and it neutralizes those acids, and the acid meeting with the alkaline bile creates this explosion. And, and that's what allows us to pull nutrients out of the food that we're eating. And without both sides of this working, you can't pull all the nutrients out of your food. So let's say that the stomach acid side is working, but the bile is not flowing the way that it should be. And it, it's very common for someone's bile to become too thick and sticky and it just doesn't flow like it's supposed to. So it's not coming down and neutralizing the stomach acid like we want it to. If that's the case, then that acid product, the, the food mixed with stomach acid, stays acidic. It doesn't get neutralized. And it continues to move through the intestinal tract in that acidic state. So the problem with that is that the stomach was meant to hold those acids, but your intestinal tract was not. And those acids are meant to break down proteins. Well, guess what your intestinal tract is made out of? It's protein. So it's basically going to start to break down your own insides until you make a hole in your intestinal tract and you're leaking cheeseburger all over the place. So this is a problem. So what this does is it triggers all of those nerve endings and everything, all that peristalsis process to move much faster. It's saying, hey, we're getting burned up here. Get this out of here. And then it brings water to the bowels and the intestinal tract to kind of cool things off and rush it through at a much faster pace so that you're just not burning a hole in yourself. So the body is doing right when things are moving too fast, when you're having a, a motility disorder because things are screaming through this system. In most cases, now there can be other causes, but in most cases, we're looking at a stool that's too acidic, it's not getting neutralized, so it's being rushed through the system. So again, it's not that your motility is broken, it's doing what it's supposed to do to protect the body, to protect your organs, to protect your intestinal lining. It's doing the right thing, but you're just not understanding what's happening, so you're not taking the steps to correct it. Does that make sense? Now, there are other reasons that a stool would move too fast. Your body may just be sending 
more water to the bowels because of another imbalance that we talk about a lot, a catabolic imbalance, or maybe you have some type of infection that the body is trying to say, hey, get this out of here. We're trying to move things as fast as we can to get some of this, uh, these bad guys out of the system. So there's other varieties of reasons that could cause the stool and to be moving too fast and for your motility to be fast. But for most chronic cases where it's going on for a long time like this, it's very often it has to do with bile not flowing correctly, the acid product leaving the stomach and not getting neutralized, and so the body's trying to rush it out of the system. If you want to learn how to look at your own chemistry to get a better idea of how your unique body is operating, sign up for our KIY or Kick It Yourself membership. Not only do you gain access to our four-week digestion course and our 12-week flagship Kick Your Fat course that normally sells for $129, you also get free shipping at naturalreference.com. Restrictions apply, but since the membership is only $9 a month, it can pay for itself. You'll also have access to a reference system like you've never seen before and a members-only private support group where you can get feedback from coaches I've trained and I even show up to do live Q&A videos on a monthly basis. To see more features and sign up, go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y. That's K-I-Y. And when we're talking about these different digestive functions and maybe imbalances that could be causing problems and we'll get to some more in just a minute if this is all new to you you can take our free four-week digestion course it's totally free and it'll kind of walk you through how to run some self-tests at home with simple equipment you can pick up at a drugstore or a health food store and you can kind of get an idea of how your digestion is functioning and maybe if you're dealing with some imbalances that could be causing problems for your digestion and that course just walks you through how to do that and uh, you can figure out what may be going on with you to instead of just taking like a remedy for constipation because there's you know, more than one cause to a slow stool as we're going to talk about today. And if you're just taking a remedy, you're just guessing at what's going on and you might be making your actual underlying cause worse. So you can sign up for that free course at kickitnaturally.com forward slash course. So when we're looking at the stool moving too fast and the slow motility issues, a lot of times this has to do with, you know, maybe bile is flowing okay, but there's not enough stomach acid to break down the food and to acidify it correctly. So whenever it does finally leave the stomach, if bile drops down in that, it makes it even more alkaline and slows the processes down even more. And some people don't have any stomach acid really and hardly any bile flow either. And it's still, it's just leaning on the alkaline sign. It's the only way it's breaking down is by rotting and fermenting and it ends up moving very slow. You know, one problem with this is that the stomach acid not only helps us acidify our food, it's also the barrier that keeps the bad guys out. You know, there's, there's bacteria and there's varmints and critters and stuff on the food that we're eating. We're breathing stuff in. It's like we're bringing it in. But the acid barrier in the stomach kind of kills off most of the stuff that comes in there so it's not going into the system. So when someone isn't making enough stomach acid, that barrier function is also removed. They don't have a bouncer at the door. All the hoodlums are getting in. It's quarter beer night and 80% of the people in the bar haven't showered this month. It's that kind of situation. So you don't want that. So if your stomach is not making acid correctly, you want to go through the course and try to figure out how to understand if it is or not and the steps that you take to, to correct that. Because what we see 
is when a bacterial infection comes into the stomach and either sets up in camp in the stomach or in the small intestine, for a lot of these bacteria and other types of uh, varmints and critters as well, and infections and overgrowth like fungal and yeast and all these kind of things, for some of them, the waste product that they give off is very alkaline, so they're making the whole system even more alkaline. So you may even be making enough stomach acid, but if a, an, an overgrowth or an infection got in at some point when you weren't, uh, then they may already be set up and have uh, you know the, the bad bacteria are running the show. So if you already have some type of overgrowth that's coming to the system, you know, maybe, maybe you're making enough stomach acid, but an overgrowth came in when you weren't and the small intestine is loaded with all these bad bacteria, uh, then the waste from those bacteria can be making things very alkaline. So you may be acidifying your food correctly, but then an overgrowth could be alkalizing the system to slow the stool down and make it more alkaline. So there's a variety of ways that the stool can end up being too alkaline. But in most cases, it leads back to not having the proper level of stomach acid. And, you know, SIBO is very popular. All the cool kids have SIBO now. And there's a lot of treatments out there for SIBO, which is a, stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And a lot of people will go and treat their SIBO with all these antimicrobials or antibiotics and all these things. But they don't fix the stomach acid. So they end up improving their symptoms for a few months until another overgrowth comes right in, the doors open, they come in and set up camp, and all of a sudden, no, I'm a re-SIBOer. I'm a captain of all SIBO. Why do I have nonstop SIBO? It's because you didn't take the steps to close the front door. So this is a really big deal. And the stool that's not acidic enough is really going to slow things down, but you have to understand that there can be more than one cause to that, and a lot of people have to address both avenues. They have to work on... Uh, reducing any overgrowth if there is one, but they also have to improve their stomach acid levels so that their food can get acidified and they can break it down correctly. And then the stool has a profit, proper acidic pH or uh, more of a, a neutral pH by the time the bile comes in so that it can move through at a good pace. It's not too alkaline to move through at a good pace. So another major factor that we have to consider and that we have to look at is the amount of water that's going into the system and then where the body is sending that water because the body will send a lot of our water uh, through the kidneys and we pee it out and it will send a lot of water to the bowels so it will kind of loosen up the stool and help it to move. So the more a stool is alkaline, the slower that it's moving, um, it can also make it harder but it can also become harder when there's not enough water going to the bowels the stool will actually dry up and uh, become hard and difficult to move. Now, if it's moving slower, that's also going to be more time that it has to become more dry and, and have a hard time moving. So the amount of water that we drink um, can matter. And so what we find in the mainstream as far as advice is they just tell us, hey, drink more water. And that's not always the right move. And we're going to kind of look at, at why that is. But just understand that Increasing your water intake can be important if you're, you're having a slow motility and a hard stool and constipation issues, but we want to look at why uh, that can be problematic for some people. So to understand what the body is doing with the water that's coming in, we need to look at uh, the body at the cellular level. And at the cellular level, the body is always either in a catabolic state, and uh, this is where we are more effective at 
creating energy and we're better at uh, breaking things down so that they can be removed and rebuilt and breaking down tissues so that tissues can be rebuilt. And uh, so this is the state that we're in during the day. And then we move into an anabolic state at night where the body is very efficient at repairing and rebuilding. And this is when we sleep. So both states are, are very appropriate. But for a lot of reasons, one person can get stuck in one state uh, more than the other or very severely pushed into one state. And either of those situations can cause a, a lot of problems. So in the catabolic state, the body is going to push more of our water to the bowels. And in an anabolic state, the body will push more of our water through the kidneys and less to the bowels. So we see people that have chronic constipation issues, they're often dealing with an anabolic imbalance, or it's at least a contributing factor. Maybe they're not making enough stomach acid, and that's slowing down the stool. But to add insult to injury, they're also leaning too anabolic, and the body is sending too much of that water that's coming in through the kidneys and not enough to the bowels. So now the bowel, the bowel, the bowel becomes hard, and it becomes difficult to move, and they get plugged up. So there's a lot of reasons that a person could get pushed one direction or the other. But like, you know, for an example, a great way to create an anabolic imbalance is just to eat way too many carbs and sugars. Carbs and sugars for a lot of people can have a pro-anabolic effect and that can push us too far into that anabolic state. So someone could have just eaten too many carbs and sugars uh, over a long period of time, maybe they are not digesting protein well, so they feel lousy when they eat protein, and it sits there like a rock in their stomach until Thursday, so they're like, I ain't eating that again. So they start gravitating towards eating more carbs and sugars and processed junk because those things are easier to digest, easier to turn into fuel so that the body can function. So someone can gravitate towards this and create an anabolic imbalance simply by adjusting what they're eating, and all of a sudden, they created this, you know, motility disorder and your things don't work right because your sensors are broken and, you know, all these things that many people view as just incurable situations. And they did it by just eating too many carbs for too long, you know. So there's a wide variety of ways that a person can create an imbalance like this, but some of them are, are quite simple and may seem harmless to the person doing them. But the reality is now they've created a problem where they just can't poop. And man, I just want to poop like all the cool kids. So if a person is dealing with an anabolic imbalance, they may be drinking an appropriate amount of water, but the body is sending most of that water through the kidneys. So they might find that they have to pee a lot. These are the folks that you might see get up, you know, three or four times in the middle of the night just to pee. And it's because the body's sending so much of the water to the kidneys. It's not because their, you know, bladder is the size of a quarter or something like that. It's just where the body is sending the water. And when it's doing this, it's making the, the bowels drier and the stool drier. So, you know, we tell these people, oh, you need to drink more water. And they start chugging water by the gallon and they can't get off the toilet because they're peeing nonstop. And like their partner's like, what is, why can't you, what is wrong with you? Why do you, why are you always on the toilet? Why don't you, do we always need to know where the bathroom is? So, they tried to do, you know, by following advice that worked for one person. Uh, and so they feel like that's going to work for everybody. And these people end up just peeing a whole lot. The other reason this drinking more water thing can be bad advice is that if someone has like a, a low mineral content and we teach people how to look 
and what their mineral levels might be in our four-week digestion course by looking at blood pressure and things like that. But like say a person has low blood pressure, maybe it's like you know, 99 over 60 or something, that's, that's a low blood pressure and that's an indication that there's not enough minerals in the system. And if you start drinking more water and the body's just sending most of your water to the kidneys, you're going to be peeing out the small amount of minerals that you have. And now you're reducing those resources that the body needs to be able to make HCL and acidify your food correctly. So by trying to get more water in there to get your stool to move, you could just reduce your ability to acidify your stool, and now it's even more alkaline and moving even slower. So, you know, drinking more water could uh, be problematic for some people in this regard. Now, to look at the other side of it, um, if somebody's stool is moving too fast, it's possible that they're stuck in the other state, in that catabolic state most of the time, and now the body is sending most of the water through the bowels instead of the kidneys. So now there's too much water in the stool and it's, it's creating it, uh, it's making it too loose and move too fast to get out the system and now they have a, a chronic diarrhea problem or something like that. Something was like, oh, your motility works too well. It's going just crazy. It's too fast. But the body's just sending all the water to the bowels and it's going out too fast. So when they fix that in balance and they're not in a stuck in a catabolic state and they're not stuck in an anabolic state, then the body can send water to the kidneys like it should to wash out some things, and it can also send enough water to the bowels to help the stool move correctly. So it can be a tricky situation because there are people that aren't drinking enough water, and to fix their slow motility, they could just increase water and they could fix it. You know, the, you ask them, how, how much water do you drink? Oh, I, I had a little bit this morning when I brushed my teeth, and, you know, it's 9 o'clock at night, and that's the water that they've consumed. You know, they view soda or coffee or something like it's water because it's wet when that's really not water. That does not count as water. You need water. So there are people in that boat, but to know, am I going to make things worse by increasing my water, you really need to look at your unique bioindividuality, figure out what things are going on, figure out, am, am I making enough stomach acid to acidify my food and allow the stool to uh, move at a good pace or is it too alkaline and things are moving too slowly? Um, is my blood pressure telling me that my mineral levels are very low and that increasing water intake greatly is going to cause more problems? Maybe I need to take steps to lift my mineral levels before I increase water intake. And if my stool is too fast, do I need to uh, take steps to thin my bile so it can move properly and neutralize the acids that are leaving the stomach so that they're not screaming through the system just so that they don't digest my own guts. See, there's a lot of things to look at when we're trying to figure out what's going on with the stool, but it's not a matter of things are broken in there um, because they're not doing their job. In most cases, those things are not being signaled to do their job because of um, malfunctions further up the line. You know, there's a, there's a line of action here that takes place and everything has to be working in order to signal the next thing to happen. And sometimes when uh, you know the, the peristalsis is not moving at an appropriate pace, um, it's not these you know neurons and all these things that are uh, broken. It has to do with, are they getting the right signal? Are they getting the signal that says to move at an appropriate pace and not too slow or too fast? So you know, go through the course, 
and you'll be able to understand, okay, this shows me what I'm looking at and this gives me a better picture of what's going on with me and then you'll better understand the steps that you need to take. And then if you get stuck, then just if you're a KIY member, then just go in the support group and you can ask questions and you can even post, you know, your self-test numbers and where you are and we can help you figure all that stuff out. And we're also, for the members-only uh, episode for this topic, we're going to dig deeper into some advanced methods to get uh, you know, stool moving when the, when the basic steps are not enough and some advanced levels to slow them down if they're too fast. And we're also going to talk about uh, how to determine if your slow motility is more about a lack of stomach acid, maybe a bacterial overgrowth, or figure out if water is just going to the wrong place. So if you're not a member, these members-only episodes can help because we're allowed to dig a little deeper into topics uh, when we're just talking to our members who have signed up as a member and they've agreed to terms, they agree that uh, they understand that we're not a doctor and you know that kind of stuff. So if you're not a member, it's only $9 a month. It just helps us um, put people into a members-only group and you're agreeing to be a member kind of thing. So, And uh, our members get free shipping at naturalreverence.com, so it ends up uh, kind of paying for your membership anyways. So you can go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y if you need to sign up and get more help. But first uh, step is just to go through the free digestion course and start figuring out if you can see what's going on with you or if you might need a little bit more help for us. So do that first. That's at kickitnaturally.com forward slash course. So I hope this was helpful. Uh, Go to kickitnaturally.com and send us a message if there's topics you want us to cover. And um, we'll dig deeper into this stuff in the members-only episode next. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. It's only $9 a month and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com, which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself KIY gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash KIY and we'll see you on the inside.